and the other masters. Welcome, children of the night. We oh, are the podcast do a by the cemetery. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Nice voice, guy. <laughs> like, you knew I was going to fuck you up. Keep going. I'm going to redo it now, motherfucker. No, no. We're going to keep doing it till it's clear without your interruptions. <laughs> Leave that in. Welcome, children of the night. We are the podcast by the cemetery. I'm your host, Scott. I'm Randall. And the man behind the boards is Tim. And uh, tonight, we'll be keeping an eye on things here at the cemetery while we talk about what we've been drinking, uh, heavy metal, what we've been watching and playing, and talk about the horror convention and pretty much what else is going to be for the future of this show. Give our kind of uh, outline. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So let's begin this show and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, so we've like, had like quite a bit of downtime since the last podcast folded up. Um, I've watched a lot of shit. You've been playing a lot of video games. Yeah, a lot of video games. I read a book. I haven't done that in a while. What's that like? <laughs> yeah, I know you've been on like the books on tape thing for years. Yeah, now, I know. So. It's been many, many, many years since I read actual paperback. No, I mean, you know, that's a pretty good way to do it, especially in the line of work that you were doing. Yeah, yeah. Third shift life sometimes sucks and is lonely. But uh, yeah. So this is our new podcast. Uh, some of you may remember us from the Horror Drunks podcast. We decided to just kind of go on our own and create this new show and just kind of see where things go from here. Um, we're gonna be uh, the outline kind of for this show is just gonna have fun talking all things horror. You know, drinking beers, smoking some weed, and doing uh two movie reviews every and we're gonna be bi-weekly probably keeping with uh some of the same themes as before but also introducing some new segments we're going to be switching up the format a little bit so it's not just going to be a retread of what we were doing before yeah so we're going to be doing uh horror news every two weeks just kind of whatever's out there yeah, and new, the new blu-ray sites. releases new movies that are happening who died, who's writing what, you know, that sort of thing. Yep, and we'll, uh, we'll also, of course, we're bringing this one back, but the what we've been watching, but this time I'm adding playing to it so I can have a spot to talk about video games if uh, there's a cool horror, sci-fi, or fantasy-themed one. Uh, but, you know, we'll do our typical just run-through of some of the films we've watched, which, knowing Randy's probably got a shit ton just for tonight. I have a big list. <laughs> I'm going to do a segment... About, uh, you know, horror theme and death metal. A lot of bands do 
songs that were inspired by horror movies. Some bands are completely thematic in the horror movie, you know, uh, topic or whatever. All of their songs are about horror movies or just horror in general, not even necessarily movies, but horror themes. So, you know, talk about that. Try to do a little segment each episode about a particular band. Yeah, that should be interesting because, you know me, I've kind of fallen off of the, like, listening to music constantly because I'm so obsessed with podcasts now. But hopefully, like, this will kind of introduce me to some new stuff as well as the listeners. A lot of it's going to be uh, extreme metal, not so accessible for your average metal fan or whatever, but hopefully everybody can find at least a band or two to to like or whatever. Yeah, because you do have a nice varied taste on music, that's for sure. Yeah, everything from Madonna to Dying Fetus. (laughs) That's such a weird combination. (laughs) But yeah, and then uh, after that, yeah, we're going to kind of do our uh, similar format that we used to do with uh, reviewing two films that are going to be kind of themed. And pick a theme for every episode. Yeah. And, uh, where in the in the old podcast we would try to do something, you know, it we weren't necessarily focusing on more mainstream stuff. Well, not only that, but it wasn't like, oh, well, let's make sure to pick one from this time period and one from that time period. And I think we were going to try and maybe do like an older and a newer movie as often as possible this time around. Yeah. Cause I want to like, cause there are some new films, especially in the independent area that don't get a lot of attention or love. So it's like cool to kind of just bring those to the forefront every once in a while. Absolutely. Plus it gets, uh, introduces us to some new stuff that we haven't seen. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to just perpetuate the let's jack off the eighties trend that's happening. So. <laughs> yeah. No shit. It's getting to the point where I'm actually almost burnt out on it completely. Some people are still doing it really well, but man, uh, yeah. It's the stranger things for fame has just kind of ruined it. This Cobra Kai thing that's happening now. Like really, we're going to do a revival show about the, the bad guy dojo and karate kid. I mean, I know Tim said he was kind of interested in that at one point, didn't you? Well, I just read interesting things about it online, but I mean, and. I am a greed kind of person of my life growing up. In, in <laughs> right. Time. Yeah, we, we know enough, what's you know? happening. <laughs> yeah, and also just so people know, Tim, like, he's going to be here doing the sound, so he's probably going to occasionally just come in and, like, chime in here and there, but he's not a big horror movie fan, though I do occasionally uh, torment him with some film or another. And well, that'll add an interesting perspective. Yeah, too. that's what I'm thinking, because, you know, he may not be able to watch the movies that week, but he may come in during part of it and go, yeah, every, huh, what the fuck? <laughs> every test group needs a control subject, so. Exactly, we gotta test his limits. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scott was going through a lot of movies the other day that he's watched a long time ago that I actually have never even seen, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I like horrors, horror movie, um, but I've never I watched like a lot of them. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I like horrors. I like banging horrors. I love horrors. Yeah, and I apologize for being quiet. My mic is being stupid today, so I'm just going to shout and get picked up on anybody else's mic. Shout. Yeah. Shout. (laughs) Horror movies, like, I just didn't get exposed to them very, very much growing up, and uh, just kind of missed out on a lot of ones that you guys consider your brain. Uh, And I, yeah, a unique perspective. I I don't like a lot of the stuff that Scott shows me. I'm more into, like, the campier movies, I guess. Yeah, when like... It gets, when it gets too serious, I'm like, it, it fucks me up, man. Yeah, it's traumatic! Because yeah, he yeah, likes... Uh, and stuff. You know, obviously he likes, like, the Evil Dead and things like that, and then he watched Reanimator with me, not remembering much of it when he did, and 
He seemed pretty entertained by that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, and that means you can live. <laughs> yeah. It's one of Randy's favorite. Well, both Randy and I's favorites. I mean, Jeffrey Combs can't argue there. He's the best horror actor of the 80s. Yeah, for sure. And very, he has a nice varied amount of roles, too. Yep, lots of interesting stuff. Even now, he does cool stuff like motivational growth. So, And um, what, yeah. what, what inebriations are we on right now? Well, we're drinking uh, Founders Fruitwood. It's one of their seasonal limited bombers. It's a... Uh, Cherry ale aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. Oh, it is really good. It was pretty good. 8%, not too heavy. Uh, Really sweet. You're going to get that from the cherry, but the bourbon barrel also adds a lot of sweet to it, so it was exceptionally sweet. Uh, We're smoking 24 carat. It's a pretty heavy indica. Probably at least 80% indica, if not more. But, uh, yeah, I guess we can jump right into one of our... uh first segments which was the what we've been watching uh we're, yeah we can't do news but i just want to run down a brief like a brief history of horror and metal oh yeah which pretty much starts with black sabbath i mean they so, were basically the first metal band that's pretty much agreed upon by most people there were bands that exhibited metal themes and like you know tropes before them but they were the first total package band and they're named after Baba's 63 film, Black Sabbath. Yep. One of my favorite anthologies. Very awesome. That but one is one I still have yet to see. It's very personally. cool. Uh, the ghost story in it is still creepy. Nice. And I don't even like, I'm not generally creeped out by supernatural stuff. That one's really nice, though. Yeah, there's very few. Like, the <clears throat> one that gets under my skin is the whole, uh, the entity. Yeah. Because you one, don't want to get raped in front of your kids. Oh, that's just, it's fucking disturbing. But, like, like I, it's a great fucking movie. I love it. But at the same time, it's like one of those uncomfortable watches at the same time. Uh, have you ever noticed that Stephen King totally lifted that sound effect for Maximum Overdrive from the entity? That, bah, bah, bah. I never really like thought every, about that. Every time something horrible is happening in Maximum Overdrive, it yeah, does Yeah, because I remember it's, the music in Maximum Overdrive. because that the was same like, as so the entity. Common. I never even put those two together. That's kind of hilarious. We watched that for an episode of The Horror Drunks, but we never got to talk about it. Yeah, because that was right before The Horror Drunks split. We right, were in the yeah. process of getting ready to watch it. Or you some, watched it, and I was getting ready to That was to. something that I was going to mention in that episode, but totally forgot about. So, horror and metal like started with Black Sabbath, and throughout the 70s, a few other bands carried that theme. Like Judas Priest, you know, they had song about Jack the Ripper, and... From then, it went mostly to, like, thrash metal, picked up the mantle big time. And then, like, you've got bands as popular as Metallica that are writing songs based on Wolfen, which is of Wolf and Man. Not, admittedly, not a great song, but... Still wrote it. Yep. They, you know, they referenced Lovecraft, as did Sabbath, with Behind the Wall of Sleep. But Metallica had a few songs about Lovecraft. And then, after Thrash came death metal and black metal and that's when it really like there there are death metal bands whose entire focus is horror i mean hell like most of cradle of filth was originally i think Uh, at least a good chunk of yeah i mean they have like lovecraftian themes and they did a whole concept album about elizabeth bathory so yep that was my first introduction to them was that album 
But yeah, like I said, not too much um, metal for me nowadays. Like I, that's why I'm kind of interested to see what bands you may bring up so I can check them out at some point. Because I do realize I just don't listen to music very much, and I probably should. I'm pretty excited about this segment. It was something that I wanted to do on the last podcast, but just it just didn't really materialize for whatever reason. So pretty cool to do it now. Yeah, I f- figured you that like because yeah, we would just never get a chance to talk about it before, but now it. Like we can actually do uh, do that segment along with our what we've been watching and playing, which is what we're gonna go ahead and move on to now. Oh, perfect! So you've got a pretty short list, yeah. So you go ahead and start. Yeah, I'm gonna because I got a couple, but I I'm there from months ago, so I'm trying to remember them all. Uh, the most recent one was that Terrifier with the Ark clown, the clown movie. Yeah, I still need to watch that, but it Dude. it sounds pretty rad. It sounds pretty gory. Yeah, like that one has like that slight. 80s vibe to it but it's like not hitting you over the head with it and it's uh actually based on halloween night too which works out even better oh that's cool yeah Yeah. you can never have too many movies to watch on halloween no and art the clown fuck dude he was a fucking twisted ass motherfucker with some of the shit he pulls in this that's cool and it's all practical effects as far as i could tell and just yeah over the top gory which is Something I hadn't seen in a while, like just something newer like that. Right, not since like Hatchet or Laid to Rest or something. I guess maybe Deathgasm a couple years back, but... Yeah, Deathgasm was fairly gory. In a, like, cartoonish Peter Jackson sort of way. Right. Is Um, this more visceral gore? Yeah, this is just... Like I said, there was a certain kill that reminded me, like, something I'd seen from the crossed graphic novels. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Oh, like, that's why I say, holy shit, it's... There have been Pretty. a couple of movies that have kind of uh, emulated the crossed storyline a little bit, like the last segment in Chillerama with all the weird sex rapey zombies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never, never thought about that, but dude, yeah. And uh, there was another one that I had, but I totally forgot just now. Yeah, I know Oh, the Taint, that trauma movie, oh. which is also about sex rapey zombies or whatever. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's a good one. It's pretty good. I'll I'll have to look that up because, you know, I love trauma. All right. Yeah. Trying to remember what else I've really, truly watched. Oh, I watched, uh, it was called uh, Tragedy Girls that came out, uh, like, late last year, like, on a limited release and then, like, was on VOD, like, come, like, January-ish. I heard about that one, but I never even read a synopsis or anything. Synopsis sounded kind of cool, and then I watched it, and it just, well, I mean, it was cool like well done but it makes me feel like i'm fucking old as shit yeah yeah because it's like girls like just like constantly tweeting and hashtagging and stuff like that see i don't god damn it i don't really like stuff that works modern technology that much into it you know yeah because it really dates the film after a while and like uh i get that they want it to be relatable for the people that are going to be watching it or whatever but yeah, like you said, it's not, you know, that doesn't hold up no, 10 years it, down the line when we're sending text messages telepathically or whatever. Right. Man, that, it was okay, besides, like I said, it, it made me feel kind of old, and it had the Scream kind of meta humor to it. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, I like Scream, but this just, it didn't feel right. Like, it could have been a cool, like, serious in a dumb way type story but it, yeah they went the meta route and i just it wasn't 
that great for me on that part. Like, I'd probably, if I was going to rate it, give it something like a seven. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it was, and it was, like, right there. Right. So I'd probably give it, like, a four or a five. Yeah. Okay. And actually, in, um, oh, and then I watched Shape of Water. I still need to see that. That is, if I would have watched that last year, it would have been my number one. Really? Yeah, it's just fucking amazing. <laughs> Del Toro at his most, like, artsiest with, while giving it, like, the almost remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's right. Just, it's just really, really cool. And then, I mean, Michael Shannon as the kind of douchey bad guy character. I do love Michael Shannon and Guillermo Del Toro, so... Yeah, it it was just really well done. Like, <clears throat> it was definitely like amazing to see just visually, and then just the story was like a good romantic like monster creature or yeah, monster story. But yeah, I definitely recommend that one. Like, but there's I know a lot of people have already seen that one for the most part, right? And I think that's really oh, I did watch the Dark Crystal on 4K. How'd that look? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Tim watched it with me. Yeah, yeah, I forgot how messed up that movie is. I'm weird. I can't believe I watched that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of mind-blowing that that was a children's film. Cause uh, Henson got pretty dark. Yeah, Skeksis were creepy. His uh, That show that he did, um, The Storyteller, had some creepy stuff in it. Yeah, never, I've never seen that, but I've that's one I wanted to. It's really good. It's better than that Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater or whatever that it was competing with. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was the last of what I've watched that's, like, horror-ish related. Hmm. Like, how about you, though? I know you got probably a list that could go a mile long. Did you not want to talk about God of War or whatever? Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, we're going to talk about the video games that I've played every so often, and, like, because I'm the type of person that plays, like, one game and focuses on it till it's either beat or until something, like, brand new that I'm excited for comes out. And for the last, probably, what would you say, Tim, three weeks I've been playing God of War? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, and this game is probably, like, the most stunning thing I've ever seen, like, put to a screen. Like, the graphics are insanely realistic. You mean game-wise? Yeah, game-wise and everything, it's very realistic. Huh. Okay. Like, and it's, yeah, it's old man Kratos. Well, I wouldn't even say old man, just older Kratos. Right. Kind of like... After he did everything he did in Greece, he left and kind of was hiding out and like, uh, I'm not sure exactly. Oh, it's uh, Midgard. So it's like Viking themed or Nordic. Hmm, that's but, uh, weird. Yeah, it's so it's, he's dealing with Norse mythology now too. So like Odin is mentioned and shit like that. But it's him with his son that he had that like is basically tagging along with him. But the gameplay in it is fantastic like it feels he has an axe now instead of the blades of chaos oh instead of the chained swords or whatever yeah like he he doesn't have those i don't know if we'll get him in this game or not because i don't know what happened to him like the storyline just kind of skipped over that for the moment Hmm. but he has an axe called the leviathan axe which is basically mjolnir like he can throw it and you can press the button and it'll come swinging back and he can have it swing through enemies and hit him in the heads and but it's, and of course, it's God of War, so it's always over the top with the violence. Yeah, except for a little more personal this time, because, like, the camera always sticks to, like, the back side of Kratos. It never moves. 
Like I played it, the first game, and that was pretty gory, like, 15 years ago or 12 years ago or however long yeah. ago that was. Yeah, this one's not, like, near that style of gore. Like, blood spraying everywhere all the time, but, well, like... Maybe it was only a decade ago. I don't know how old God of War is. Yeah, I think it's close to, like, 12. 2005. Oh, 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah, and he, uh... <clears throat> but, yeah, the kills in this one are brutal, but just not in, like, the extremely over-the-top violent way anymore. Like, he does some certain kills with creatures, but they're all, like, up close. Like, the camera's, like, really close on it, so it's pretty neat and kind of just uh, makes you just feel like you're in the game more. That's cool. And, yeah, this music's awesome, and it's roughly, from what I've heard, about 30 to 35 hours to beat the storyline if you're just playing the storyline. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I've... I don't want to go into, like, spoilers, because I know there's still people playing it just like me, but holy shit, some of the events you come to are just, like, extremely epic. And, yeah, it's probably one of the best games I've played on this generation so far. And I can't wait to see, like... The reviews that I was getting were pretty crazy. It was getting 10s from everybody. Yeah, I was... that Because I had already pre-ordered it, and I knew it was going to be, like, a good game, but I didn't expect that. Like, it's just an amazing story and everything so far that I've... And I'm only, like, maybe halfway through it. Oh, well, okay. I've been playing it for three weeks and you're only halfway through it? Yeah, because I, I only get like two hours here and there, like so often, like on my days off, if Rochelle's not home, then I will play like probably like five or six hours. Right on. But it's very rare that I do that anymore. But other than that, that's all I've been up to. I have a really long list, so I'm just going to dive. There's a shocker. I'm just going to dive right <laughs> into it. First, I want to start off. Uh, did you go see that Quiet Place movie? Yes. Uh, uh, that okay, that one I could have. Fucking stupid. <laughs> see, I I hated it so bad. <laughs> I know you did. I read your post. I definitely like agree with you on certain points from what you were saying in there, but like other points, I was like, I kind of liked it for that, but I still didn't think it was like, oh my god, this is like the greatest horror film of the year. I can't really talk about a whole lot of the reasons that I disliked it without spoiling stuff, so I'll just say that it has a lot of plot holes, and the tension is completely nullified by the flow of the story, and I mean, if you've seen enough movies, then it's you're going to know exactly what's coming around every corner, and the cliche parts of it are really irritating like the goddamn pterodactyl noise that the creature yeah it kind of reminded me of like the spider-man 3 venom almost it just they look like every generic creature now that are all front heavy with really long front limbs and short back limbs yeah, it was a cloverfield monster it looked like that mixed with the demogorgon from it, stranger things yeah. just not a good movie bad four out of ten yeah like the like I, that's the part <laughs> i do agree with you on was the creatures and like the noises they made but like i'm I did like that the film was, like, you know, extremely silent for the most part. Like, it had its music cues here and there, but it wasn't, uh... It, I think it was more I enjoyed the experience in theater than I did, because, like, the theater was just so dead quiet. Ours I mean, was not. We had a group of people behind us that were talking and snoring and... Oh, really? It was, yeah, it was really annoying. The whole experience was just annoying. It was like loud noises and jump scares the movie with the worst back audience ever. Yeah, but, my my audience was actually like so quiet that like 
they were afraid to eat popcorn during like the silent parts. Like they'd wait till a loud noise happened, then you'd start seeing them eat. Because <laughs> it was just so dead silent there, they're afraid you could hear them chew. I mean, I even stopped eating my popcorn during Quiet Science. I'm like, I just feel like everyone can hear me, which which made it for you know interesting experience, like to see it in the theater. But I mean, it, if I was gonna grade it, I'd probably be seven point five. I mean, are you gonna buy it? No. Okay. It was a one-time watch for me. Yeah, me too, and that was too much. I also finally watched that creep movie that everybody's been talking up for the last couple of years and found it to be very underwhelming. Oh, really? Yeah, it just reminded me of an episode of, like, Scare Tactics or something. Mm -hmm. One of those we're gonna fuck with you shows, and the ending is just dumb. Oh, that's disappointing, because I've been curious about that one, too, because I know everybody... You might like it, it. but I, I didn't particularly care for it, to the point where I don't even... I mean, I might watch the sequel eventually, but I'm not in any real rush to do so. Kind of like how I was with Houses October Built. I still haven't seen that. It was okay. Um, I watched The Legend of Hell House for the first time in a lot of years. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. It's one of the best like haunted house movies ever. It's basically the template for the whole paranormal investigator, psychics go to a haunted place and... You know, possession and all all of the the tropes that you see in movies like Poltergeist and uh, Insidious and things of that nature these days. Yeah, like, and that one's and it's so mild compared to the book because the book is like almost X rated. Really blood. great uh, performance by Roddy McDowell, written by the immortal Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson, very cool. Um, I rewatched Beyond the Darkness. Also, Bueo Omega. It's a Joe D'Amato film. Like, oh, okay. basically the only good Joe D'Amato movie. It's really cool Italian horror. So, over-the-top sexuality and violence. Perfect. It fits in kind of nicely with Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula, in a way. Just the, the look of it and the way that the sexuality and violence is, for some reason, reminds me of those movies. Interesting. Throughout March, we watched the first six Leprechaun movies, like, leading up oh, to... I did that as well, so yeah, I, I didn't think about going back that far. Those are all still very entertaining. I, like, every single one of them. <laughs> I used to hate them, like, to the point that I just, just despised them. And then I ended up watching part one, because I knew you were going through it, and I'm like, ah, screw it. Randy seems to like it for some reason. I'm going to give this a shot again, so... I rewatched part one, and then later that day went to disc replay and bought the whole set. It's just, it's the kind of camp that Full Moon wishes that they could achieve on a regular basis. Yeah, like it's so much more enjoyable, like and just very cool, so cheesy, funny. Warwick Davis is incredibly likable in that role. Yeah, yeah, they cast perfectly for him. Like I'd never seen the space one. That that one was really um, that oh, was man. one of the better ones, actually. Like the effects the, in that one were plentiful and cool. Like the weird creature thing at the end. Yeah, and like the, the robot, like the half-robot dude that was yeah. always rolling around and shit. That and it had good. Heidi from Tool Time. Oh, yeah, I thought I recognized that chick. Okay. One of my old TV crushes back in the day. That's funny. I think you meant uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, secretly, I mean, do you blame me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, re we re we rewatched Theater of Blood, one of Love the best Vincent Price movies. 
Very yeah. cool. My favorite of the Vincent Price films. Pretty violent for a Vincent Price movie. Uh, kind of traditional in one, one of his traditional themes or whatever. Just like a man who's been wronged who gets revenge. Yeah. Kind of like Dr. Fibes and whatnot. So. Except for he gets his revenge in fun Shakespearean ways. Right, yeah. Very cool twists on Shakespeare. And he gets to ham it up quite a bit, especially in like the segment as the hairstylist and the, the chef. Yeah, you could tell he was just having a lot of fun. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, rewatched Phenomena, the Argento film. That I, one's great. I still need to see that. It's really cool. Uh, kind of a supernatural twist to it. It has some things in common with Suspiria and that it's like about a, you know, a school for girls. Oh, okay. Originally, Suspiria was supposed to be teen girls. It was supposed to be like 12, 13, 14 year old girls. Yeah, because I know you like raised the door handles (laughs) on the door to make them feel like they were smaller. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff to give it the look of younger girls. Uh, Rewatched The Changeling. Another one of the great classic yeah, haunted house films. Great haunted house. Really creepy. Also, basically, like where the the ring story came from, more or less. Oh yeah. But you know, dead kid in a well, the mystery, got to find the body, and all that. That's one George C. Scott was in. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I, I always get Christopher George and George George C. Scott confused. One is a very good Academy level actor, and the other is a quack with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and it plays the same character. Over I like a lot of over. movies that uh, he's in, but Christopher George is not one of my favorite actors. Nice. He just—he's always the same. He's always got that stupid grin on his face and a cigar in his mouth, and like you're an asshole. <laughs> Every single character you play doesn't smoke a cigar. How about that? Yeah. Uh, he, like, flubs uh, a no. line in City of the Living... D- I, yeah, I remember I, when you pointed that out to he me. Wants, he's like, talk. <laughs> I want to talk to so-and-so. You're that character. You just said you want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. I guess you could get mad at Fulci for that, too, but it's not his fault. He doesn't speak it English. That is true. Like, yeah, that... When you pointed that out, I can't help but notice it now every single time. Uh, we rewatched the first three Ghoulies movies, That's and for me, like. those movies just get better as they go. Like the first one's okay. I liked it more this time than I've ever liked it before. It's same here. Like I was starting to like. <laughs> I didn't even want to watch it when I decided to watch it, and yeah, it's much funner than I thought. And two was better than the first, and then three has always been my favorite, just because it's that one's ridiculous. Like a stupid uh, '80s sex comedy mixed with a horror film. Yeah. It's like people bitch because the ghoulies talk now and, oh, they're just dumb and they say stupid one-liners and they're dumb little creatures that come out of a toilet. Right. I think you're taking this a little too seriously. The, I, my favorite of the series is still part two. Yeah. The uh, carnival one. Yep. I have a pretty uh, big soft spot for carnival stuff, things that takes take place in carnivals and circuses or whatever, so... That one's pretty cool. Yeah, that because I remember watching. That's the first introduction to Ghoulies. Is I caught that on like USA one night. We rewatched the Howling Three. That's the one that was you know the Australian Marsupials. one. Yeah, that one is a total MST3K level cheese fest. They may have even done an episode with it. I don't remember. The effects are really corny and funny. 
I want to say that that one's directed by that Felipe Mora guy that did all of the like Filipino action and horror stuff way back when, but I could be wrong. Yeah, the name sounds very familiar. I, but yeah, that <clears throat> I haven't seen that one in years, so I don't know if I would even like it. I don't remember much from it. It's cheesy and silly and bad, but like in a very entertaining way. Oh, okay. Rewatch The House on Sorority Row. One of my favorites. Cool. My top 100. Slasher take on Diabolique. Yeah, I always wanted to cover that at some point, so I think we should put that in the list one of these days. Sure, yeah. Uh, rewatch Silver Bullet, one of my favorite Stephen King movies and one of my favorite werewolf movies. It has Gary Busey in it. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> A crazy Gary Busey. <clears throat> Rewatched... A uh, pretty underrated Toby Hooper movie, Spontaneous Combustion, with Brad Dorf. I've never heard anything about that. That one's really cool. It's about this, like, atomic age couple, this young couple that undergoes a military test where they're in this room by where an atomic bomb goes off to see what the effects are or whatever, and, like, she's pregnant or gets hmm. pregnant during the test, and so their baby, Brad Dorf, is, like, the human torch, but... A horror movie version of the Human Torch. Really, it's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. I do. I think it's good. Brad Dorf is always good. Yeah, I love Brad Dorf and everything. Also rewatched Ty West's first film, House of the Devil. I love that movie. I think we watched that one uh, the night of the eclipse because it's like an eclipse movie. Well, the eclipse is back in August, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Maybe we didn't watch it for the eclipse. I think you did watch it for the eclipse, but I think you rewatched it again because I remember seeing you post about it. I thought we watched it for some specific reason, but that's a good one. It's a cool slow burn. 70s theme. Yeah, very uh, satanic 70s thing going on. Yeah, I love it. Also rewatched Peter Jackson's first film, Bad Taste. Hey, I've seen that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yay, Tim's finally in the conversation. <laughs> it's a really great movie if you haven't seen it. It's like the perfect do-it-yourself, low-budget horror film. Yeah, and I mean, I think the masks were made in Peter Jackson's oven, and that's why the in alien heads are kind of like bumped or whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah, he shaped them that way because they wouldn't fit in his mom's oven. That's incredible what he did, just like, because I think they did that on just like, Every on the weekends, weekends yeah. for like a couple of years or some shit. He played, you know, played a role himself, did a lot of the behind the scenes stuff himself. Yeah, it's insane and it's just a lot of fun. For Easter, we watched a few movies. One of them was Resurrection, as directed by the Highlander director, Russell Mulcahy. Yeah, that's the stars one you were telling Lambert. me about watch. It's pretty cool. It's basically just an over-the-top take on... Seven. It's about a serial killer that's taking people's limbs to reconstruct the body of Christ for Easter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a lot of people you'll recognize in it. Robert Joy's in it. Um, I can't remember what the fuck this dude's name is. He's in, like, goddamn everything, though. He's in Alien Resurrection, and he's in Seven. He's in a bunch of stuff. can't remember his name, but he's in it, too. It's good. Pretty gory. Lots of cool aftermath gore. It's not, like good but it's very entertaining christopher lambert is is one of my favorite bad actors yeah like my favorite bad acting performance from him would probably still be raiden from mortal kombat he's pretty bad in that 
Oh, but it's so entertaining. <laughs> it is. We just rewatched that not too long ago, and oh, it nice. still held my attention. We rewatched Hobo with the Shotgun. That one's really good. Yeah, that one's pretty fun. One of the better throwback movies that's happened since that whole trend got kicked off. You know. Yeah, because yeah, it was like part of uh, one of those fan made trailers. Yeah, for Grindhouse. Grindhouse, and they played in Canada or something. Which yeah, that movie's just fun. Oh, I jumped right Rucker over. Hour is great. Jumped right over Easter Bunny Kill Kill. I forgot we watched that for Easter too. That one's really good. It's by the same company that released uh, Hanger and yeah. Gutterballs. Uh, like, still haven't seen Gutterballs, but Hanger. <laughs> Fuck, man, that movie. That one's that's a proving ground movie. If you can make it through that one, then I made it through. I think I just lost a little bit of myself when I watched it, like sanity wise. But I do remember you showing me Easter Bunny Kill Kill, and I like years ago, and I loved that movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, that's a good one. Lots of, you know, sleaze and inappropriate humor and gore, as to be expected from the company that released those other films. And I'm sure you watched it just like I did, Critters 2? No, didn't do that one this year. That's usually one that I watch for Easter, but was trying to... I think... I don't remember why I didn't watch that one. I knew we were were prepping for Critters. I just didn't know, again, Critters and Ghoulies in our last show, but... I don't know if you ever ended up making it to the Critters. I knew you got to We were ghoulies. basically just doing Ghoulies. Okay, because so. see, I was doing first movie of each and second movie of each. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Just kind of comparing them that way. Rewatched Argento's Opera. That's one of my one of my favorites. That one's really good. Uh, I think that was the first movie that he used. No. Okay, that it was like... In the middle of his weird heavy metal obsession, he he developed like a this thing for heavy metal and used it in like phenomena, and they used it in the demons movies, which he was a big part of. Oh yeah, I don't know what his thing with it was, but that's fine. Opera's cool. It's the last classic full length Argento film. He had two evil eyes with Romero after that. Oh yeah, that's only like an hour or so. Uh, we rewatched a couple of Friday the 13th movies. We did New Beginning and Part 3, a couple of my favorites. New Beginning yep. being my second favorite and Part 3 being my fourth favorite. I think New Beginning's my third favorite. Like, it, I used to hate that movie and it just, I grew on me every time I rewatched it. And Part 3, I think is like number four on my list because I usually go four, two, five. Three, then six. We rewatched Dead and Breakfast. That's the first time I've seen that one in a long, long time. You introduced me to that. It's still okay. I don't like it nearly as much as I did the first time I saw it, but it's still pretty entertaining and different for a zombie film. Yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit, but you know me, I also like certain weird musicals. Yeah, that's the the thing that kind of grates on me. I know. (laughs) Uh, rewatch Dead and Buried, which is an incredible movie. If you've never seen it, it's directed by Stan Winston, the guy that did the Alien yeah. or the Xenomorph. And yeah. yeah, I've heard of Dead and Buried. Wait, and maybe even... it's not directed by. No, he did the effects in it. It's written by Dan O'Bannon. I guess I can't think of who directed it. Oh well, it doesn't matter. It's really good. Very interesting, different take on 
zombie films. Um, also one of those movies that's about an entire town that's crazy, hmm. which is always cool for me. I like that theme. It's not commonly used, but when it is used well, it's awesome, like in Messiah of Evil and such films. Because, you know, what? how would you like to go to a town where everybody's crazy and wants to kill you because you're an outsider or whatever? Yeah, that doesn't sound very fun to me. No, it's not good times. Would you want to do it, Tim? I'm good. Okay, good. <laughs> Rewatch Tremors. Ah, uh, Tremors is so much fun. Hadn't Grab seen that lights. one in a long, long time. And part six just came out. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch that. I saw that had been released. Uh, I work at a nameless store. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that one there. And I wrapped my head around the fact that they made a new one of those. Not, and oddly enough, that's one of those movies I've never seen any of them. So huh. I just know oh, wow. them. Yeah. Tremors is great. Yeah, the franchise actually, in general, isn't that bad. I've seen all five. Most of the sequels are okay. I don't yeah, remember the fifth great, one very but... much. But I remember being entertained by each one as I watched them. Uh, we rewatched Leviathan. I have not seen that one. That's kind of a cheesy mix between, like, The Thing and Alien and The Sphere. Weird. Like, The Sphere movie hadn't come out yet, but the novel was already out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's an interesting combination. Has a lot of people in it. Peter Weller's in it. Ernie Hudson's in it. Meg Foster's in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, Daniel Stern, a uh, couple of other people. Oh, um, Richard Crenna, the guy that plays Troutman in the Rambo movies. Oh, okay. Pretty stacked cast, cool effects. A little bit boring here and there, but still very cool. I'll add that to the list. Cool little creature movie. Um, rewatched a movie that I hadn't seen since I was 10 probably called the kiss it's a canadian horror movie it's about a like a succubus type demon that <laughs> takes nice. over this woman's body and keeps moving down her family from generation to generation like pretty cool some cool creature effects uh some good nudity nice i and that just sounds a, like something I would like to check a out. A really actually. different movie for when it came out too. It was it came out in the era of slashers, so it was something different. And that, actually this just reminded me. I ended up watching a film called Nightmare Sisters with Linnea Quigley uh and it had uh crap there's Bree Larson or not Larson Bree something. But like 80s the brunette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it was like early, early 80s, and it was just straight up like a weird comedy about demonic possession where the succubus possessed these three women, and like for 90% of the film, they are just completely topless and walking around like trying to get laid by the kids there, and then <laughs> they'll bite their penises off and shit. Huh. Is it, I wonder if it's one of those movies that comes in the... Uh... There's like a Linnea, Linnea Quigley three pack. Oh, that might be. Uh, actually, yeah. okay, it was uh, Brink Stevens and Michelle oh, yeah. Bauer. That's who I was thinking, not Brie. Linnea Quigley and Brink Stevens have a pretty hot triple X lesbian photo shoot. If you've never seen it, oh, I have not seen that actually. That's good. Well, I know Linnea Quigley also had like a porn that she was in with Ron Jeremy, but right, Ooh, Ron Jeremy. Gross. <laughs> 
the Hedgehog. Yeah, I wanted to mention that because I knew we hadn't talked about that film, but I got the Blu-ray of it from Vinegar Syndrome, and it's pretty damn entertaining. That's cool. Rewatched a couple of my favorite Jaws knockoffs, Joe Dante's Piranha, which is oh, yes. very cool. Roger Corman produced film, lots of cool effects, and very excellent late seventies film. If you haven't seen it, yeah, I've I watched that one. Uh, I think I decided to watch it before I went and seen the remake, which I love the remake too. Which I know you're not a fan of, but eh, it was all right. I guess I don't know. It wasn't the end of the world. That's good. <laughs> I forget the actor's name, but the dude from Piranha, like the doctor that's trying to warn everybody, is the same guy from Ghoulies 3. Plays, really? Yeah, it plays the professor that brings the Ghoulies back. Oh, nice. The other Jaws knockoff movie that we watched is Louis Teague's Alligator, which is great if you oh, haven't seen I it. I love Alligator. As far as I know, it's like out of print and has not been put out on blu-ray yet but the dvd is stupid expensive or something no i've been hearing rumors of uh vestron video possibly releasing alligator but i don't know if that is true or not well, hopefully because that would be cool yeah i would love to have that film i watched it when i was a kid and it was it scared me some pretty cool violence and gore and robert forster is always awesome it's funny too in parts like they keep Making cracks about his receding hairline. Oh, yeah. Rewatch Creep Show for like the 500th time. The best anthology out there for me. Yeah, still awesome in every way. Gonna talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the horror con. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rewatch Motel Hell for the first time in quite a while. That one is still. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, very entertaining. It's. Uh, Kind of a cross between, like, Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is interesting because both of those movies are based on Ed Gein, and this one kind of has, like, a Gein thing going to it. And yeah. And it, it comes in a two-on-one with Deranged, which is about Ed Gein. Oh, nice. So I still haven't seen Deranged. That's pretty weird. Rewatched Argento's Inferno. That's a great one. Good <laughs> sequel. Been, we uh we watched that one because I'm intending to rewatch Mother of Tears pretty soon. Just oh to, boy, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched that in years. Have to verify that it's like as bad as I remember it, and as everyone says it is. So we'll see. The CGI ghost is what really fucked me up in that one. The, so I remember bad. being really annoying. The yeah, her mom ghost or whatever. Yeah, Inferno is Argento at his most inept during his good cycle like there are scenes where you can see people's arms throwing cats at the camera yeah. and stuff and... <laughs> oh yeah it's like the whole colored gel lighting that uh suspiria has and like oh, what was it up uh, like most of like corman's old stuff like use the color but um other than like the prettiness of it like even the story itself is kind of incohesive for the, for the most part yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. I mean, that's kind of a common thing for Italian horror to just have an incoherent plot. Yeah. But this one, I don't know. It's it's good, but I've seen people recently say that it's better than Suspiria, and that just kind of makes me want to punch them. I don't even know how to process that. Yeah, that one baffles me. I've heard that said before, too, and I just 
don't get it. Rewatched the first collaborative Edgar Allan Poe effort from Corman and Price, House of Usher. That one's really seen great. That in a long time. Yeah, it's. I think it was the first of those movies that I even saw. It was either that or Mask of the Red Death. I can't really remember, but uh, really atmospheric and cool. One of Price's more like emotionally driven performances. Like he's a really tormented character in that one, so he gets to flex pretty good. Rewatched uh, Session Nine. Hey, you just loaned me that, so I'm definitely going to be watching it soon. Super creepy, gets into your head, kind of psychological horror, like the kind that is just like, you turn it over in your head for a while afterward, and it's, man, that was weird. Very cool stuff. I'm looking forward to watching it. Pretty, uh, pretty underrated, doesn't really get the credit that it deserves, slipped under most people's radar for whatever reason. Also rewatched the oblong box. It's a Gordon Hessler movie. He I've heard of that one. He did a lot of post stuff too. Okay. For uh, American International, like Corman did, but not nearly as good. But that one is cool. Another Vincent Price movie. I watched Blood Sucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh for the first time. I'd never seen that before. What the hell? <laughs> it's uh it's a movie that Tom Savini did effects on. It's kind of a a remake, reimagining of Blood Feast in the way that like Mardi Gras Massacre and Blood Diner are. Oh, okay. Also kind of reminiscent of Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers in a couple of ways. Nice. The gore is cool, obviously, because it's Savini. It doesn't look like they had him for too much time. It's, like, not plentiful, the gore, but it looks oh, okay. good. Um, rewatch Madman, which is awesome, if you've not seen that one. That's Madman Mars? Yeah, kind of in the tradition of, like, The Burning and Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th. It's a summer camp slasher. Yeah, I still need to see that one. It's been on my list for a while. It's good. I like it a little bit more every time I watch it. Mars makes, like, toxic noises. He's all like... <laughs> awesome. Rewatched Cat's Eye for the first time in, I don't know how long, since I was a kid, probably. The uh, Stephen King anthology. Yeah, with, like, the... Tr- the uh, that's the last segment. Stealing troll is the, the troll one. with Drew Barrymore. The first segment is the Quitters Incorporated smoking one with James oh, Woods. Oh, yes. That, that's a cool segment. James Woods does really well. Uh, I forget the actor's name that plays the guy that runs the, the Quitters Incorporated place, but they're obviously, like, in cahoots with the mob, yeah. and the methods that they use, and, you know, they're all Italian guys, and they carry guns, so... I, yeah, I vaguely that, remember that assume story. that they're mobsters, because movies have taught me to do so. The second segment's also cool. It's uh, about a dude who gets caught banging a rich dude's wife, and the rich guy gives him the ultimatum, like, if you can walk around the ledge of my building on this really, really windy night without falling, I'll give you all this money, and you can have my wife. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't remember that one at all. I do remember seeing the movie. Just Everybody remember only that. remembers the last segment with Drew Barrymore and the troll for some reason. I remember the smoking one, too. You just had to, like, mention it. Well, to I think a big me, part but... of why everybody only remembers that 
troll segment is that it was it was geared toward kids. It's obviously his like family friendly creep show. Like here you go, yeah. you can watch this one with your kids. And watching it as a kid, the Quitters Incorporated and I forget what the Ledge segment is called. It might just be the Ledge. Those are both a little bit too adult themed, you know. It, yeah, they deal with things that kids aren't going to think about. Like, oh, I got to quit smoking. Right. Oh, I'm having an affair with the rich guy's wife. You know. So, not as memorable for a child as the final segment. Yeah, because I think that was the last time I seen it too. Was when I was really, really young. I watched this movie called Schizoid for the first time. I'd never seen that. It has Klaus Kinski in it. Pretty oh, cool. Okay. I have not seen it. I know the name of it, but comes uh, in a two-on-one with that X-ray horror hospital movie that we oh, watched. Oh yeah, okay. Jennifer really liked X-ray, so we picked that up <laughs> nice. at the horror convention. That movie was fun. It was pretty fun. Uh, the second time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. It's just so absurd and weird. Yeah, it and... is such a. Well, I need weird. to examine you. Let's get your tits out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, rewatched Bava's Bay of Blood, aka Twitch of the Death Nerve. I love that other name, Twitch of a Death Nerve. Yeah, that's a really cool title. Um, kind of walks the line between Gallo and Slasher. It was like one of the first Gallos to be super, super violent, and other slasher themes that are presented as like you know the group of teenagers that go to a place that they're not supposed to be and get bumped off one by one instead of the traditional gallo uh, victim list of just, like, models or prostitutes or whatever. Right. Yeah. But there is also the gallo theme to it in that it's money-motivated. The killings are money-motivated. You know, it's not Any just... Any police procedurals at all? Not really. There are, are, like, snoopy, nosy people. Oh, okay. But I don't think they're cops. Not yeah, that's my... one I've wanted to check out for a while, once again, just haven't got around to it. It's really good. A lot of the kills in Friday the 13th 2 are lifted, like, directly from it. Oh, nice. Like, the spear through the people fucking that goes through the bed in oh, no Friday shit. 2 is, like, right from Twitch of the Deaf Nerve. Okay, that just moved up on my list. Other stuff, too. You'll recognize other kills that made it into later Friday movies as well. Rewatched nice. What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Love that movie. I've seen that too. Completely hilarious. Love that movie. The fucking sandwich line. The sandwich line's the best. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would feel better knowing no one had fucked it first. Like the first <laughs> time I heard that, I laughed so hard. Oh, just it the whole entire thing, it's just clever writing the whole way through. Yeah, that Jeremy Clement guy, like almost everything he does is gold. He's yeah. just a funny fucking dude. Even movies that I don't especially enjoy, I think he's good in, like Men in Black 3 or whatever. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he even got, like, the perfect cast with uh, Taika Watiki and... Yeah. Like, they... The guy that directed fucking Thor, Thor Ragnarok. or whatever. That's yeah. so weird that he's doing big stuff like that now. I know there's other horror people that, like, kind of just jumped on the MCU. It's nuts. But... It's crazy to see... Directors like Peter Jackson and Sam Raimi getting, like, multi-million dollar big budget movies. Yeah. But it's also cool that they're getting their payday, and it's cool that some of them can do it well. You know, Jackson can do it well, Raimi can't. Right. But that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It happens. I think Raimi was better with the lower budget stuff. Today, we we rewatched um Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, that- 
I remember you introduced me to that one too a while ago. Love that one. Kind of a slasher thing going on, but also really different. The setting is especially cool. Another carnival, another carnival thing. As I said earlier, I'm a total sucker for things that are set in that environment. So right, that helps. Yeah, I remember that one being uh, just pretty fun. I remember it was kind of slow at points, but there it's really atmospheric. The, the, they make good use of the carnival setting, especially inside the funhouse itself. Yeah. It's kind of a creature monster movie. It's kind of a slasher. So it's kind of a cool hybrid. We rewatched uh, Rituals, if you've never seen that. It's no, I haven't. Excellent. It's kind of in that backwoods survival vein of like Del- Deliverance or Just Before Dawn. Or- oh, okay very cool it's better than any of those though even like southern comfort which is probably my next favorite walter hill's southern comfort and lastly we have another gordon hessler movie cry the banshee another vincent price movie part of his Witchfinder cycle uh that movie has just a silly amount of nudity in it really every other scene some woman is having her top torn off <laughs> I forgot just how much nudity was in that movie, actually. No, and like when you saw the title, though, I could think was from a uh, Night of the Creeps, "Cry Like Banshee," <laughs> screaming like a banshee's. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's what I've been watching. A lot of stuff. Yeah, that it's you know it's been a while since we didn't done this, so I knew you probably had a huge list. I didn't really think of continuously keeping my list. Like, I'm sure I probably had more on there, but... Oh, Jennifer wrote all these down for me today. She just, like, scrolled through my Facebook. Good Lord, that had to have been a lot of work. <laughs> it was fun. She likes it. Because uh, I, uh, I don't post all the time when I'm watching something. I tend to forget a lot of the time, but trying to get better at that. Um, so a few weeks ago, we went to Motor City Nightmares 10. Yeah, 10-year anniversary for our big horror con in Michigan. It's cool that we have one at all because Michigan is kind of a dud state in a lot of ways, especially in terms of culture and entertaining things to do. We get passed over by a lot of cool tours from bands and whatnot. So to have something like that to do every year is always awesome. Yeah, because I look forward to it every year. Like one of these days I'm going to save up enough to where I can go the whole weekend because we usually only just go Saturday. I know you went Saturday and Sunday this year. Yeah, it's not... I mean, it was cheaper Sunday. I think it was only $20 to get in Sunday. Yeah, I think it's because, uh, like, some of the celebrities have already left at that point sometimes. I don't know if it happens every year, but I know a couple of them were only there for, like, Friday, Saturday before. Right. But yeah, this year's lineup with celebrities was pretty damn spectacular. Yeah, Udo Kier and Malcolm Adrian McDowell. Barbeau. Yeah, Adrian Barbeau, Malcolm McDowell, uh... Daniel Harris. Linda Blair. Linda, Yeah, Linda Blair. Vincent Price's daughter, Victoria Price. Which, uh, we both got to meet her, and she's so freaking nice. Yeah, she was an awesome lady. It was great getting to talk about her dad, you know, that's like what she truly cares about. Yeah, my favorite actor, so it was, you know, it's the closest I'm ever going to come to meeting him, or whatever. Right, exactly. I was honestly kind of worried that I might get all emotional and be, uh a complete asshole and just humiliate myself but 
Kind of like you did last year with uh, what's her face? Oh, with Cheryl Lee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like legitimately worried that I might just start sobbing and like I love your dad, (laughs) but I held it together. So yeah, I I talked with her for probably about good five six minutes because there weren't too many people at her table, but. No, there weren't. The only table that had a consistent line was Linda Blair's, and I wasn't even going to fuck with it. No, like... It wasn't worth it to me for a lot of reasons. A, I heard from multiple people that were there that she wasn't even really willing to talk about movies, that she was just trying to push this dog rescue thing that she's doing. Yeah. And I don't, like, yeah, I'm not going to stand in line for an hour and give you money so that you can push your charity on me. You're at a horror convention. You're here to talk about horror movies. Yeah, you're going to talk about what made you famous. So I I wasn't willing to fuck with that, but Udo Kier was really awesome. Yeah, he was really nice. Very I didn't know what the hell to say to him, though. I felt weird. He was very funny. I, uh, I asked him, like, they filmed Blood for Dracula right after Flesh for Frankenstein, and if you, like, pay close attention, he's about 15 pounds lighter and Blood for Dracula, which almost seems impossible because they l- actually filmed them back to back. Right. And I've always wondered about that. Like, I figured it was part of the plan to make him look more emaciated and gaunt for the Dracula role because he's supposed to be, like, a sick Dracula that needs virgin blood to recuperate or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I did not eat anything for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, very weak. The, the scenes with me in a wheelchair were because I needed a wheelchair. Wow. I'm like, wow. Goddamn, dude. <laughs> He really took that role seriously then. He uh, he hit on my friend Josh. <laughs> my buddy Josh was walking by and he's like, I love your outfit. I'm in room number whatever. <laughs> I would let Udo Kier kiss me if he wanted to. I don't give a fuck. That's what I said. He's Udo goddamn Kier. He, uh, he signed my flesh for Frankenstein and I wanted him to sign it with the gallbladder line. In order to know death, you must fuck life in the gallbladder. Or you have to fuck life in the gallbladder. And he starts signing it. He's like, what is the line? In order to know life? I'm like, no, no, it's death. And he'd already written life. So <laughs> he just finished it. And then he's like, I will write this little arrow here and this one here. And he like swaps the words around. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I have a, a very personalized copy of Flesh for Frankenstein. That is funny. <laughs> Victoria Price, uh, she, like, I showed her my Vincent Price tattoo, and she thought that was pretty cool. She took a picture of it. And... Yeah, because I told her we had, you know, had did an episode on her father, and that I had listened to her uh, audio book about her father just to get some information, and right. just, she was just so thrilled to hear that I, like, loved the book and everything like that. I bought the book. I need to read it. It's really good, and holy shit, there's some pretty cool information about him in there. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to digging into that one. Adrian Barbo is cool. Yeah, um, she was super nice. I asked her about the way they censored her in Creep Show. Like, you can see her mouth says the words fuck and cunt, but right. in the movie it says he needs to get laid instead of he needs to get fucked. And instead of that etiquette cunt, it says that etiquette crotch. So, oh, yeah. I had, like, why did they do that? You know, what was. This is one of the goriest movies of its day, and very over the top in the violence, but that wouldn't fly. I mean, if, I guess there isn't really any other subversive language throughout the movie that I remember. Yeah, it's, it doesn't like, stand out anyways. Jordy Verrill swears a little bit, but it's all comedic shit, you know? Right. What I don't you know. say? 
She said that they just changed it. She didn't know why, but they decided to change it. That's so weird. Especially for a movie like that. Yeah. Like, see, I, that's what I like about talking to you about the horror convention, because you do the part where I don't, like, I don't know what to say a lot of the time when I go up to celebrities. Like, I just don't know. Like, like with Udo Kier, I could have been like, uh, I loved you in Suspiria, man, but... I loved the way they overdubbed your voice. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I always want to bring up the ones that are, they're well known and probably tired of talking about. I always right. want, like, while I'm up there, I'm always trying to think of, okay, I want to think of something, like, obscure that they've been in so they know that I'm a true fan. But then when I get up there, I'm like, duh, I like you. Can you sign this? <laughs> <laughs> I usually try to talk to them about something less popular because... A lot of the time, they'll get excited to talk yeah. about stuff like that. Like with Adrian Barbeau, I talked to her a little bit about Carnival. Yeah, I told her that I was I, I felt dumb for not realizing she was Catwoman in the animated series. I didn't know that either until I saw the picture on her table and you know put the two together in my head. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's just another awesome character in that awesome series. Heather Langenkamp was cool, but I think I creeped her out. <laughs> Did you? I was, well, I I have this pin, like an enamel pin, and it's like Nancy in the bathtub with the glove coming up between oh, her yeah. legs. It's like, I wore this for you. And she just gave me this kind of weird look and was like, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's, it's you. You, you, you're the, never mind. <laughs> I know some jerk took our picture. Like she, like I did talk to her a little bit. But, like, she had a line form inside and didn't want to hold it up much. But the guy that was in line behind me, I handed the phone. Normally, when you're at a convention, you take four or five pictures. Right. Just in case you're screwing up. This dude literally took one, and this is why you take multiples. Were you blinking or something? Well, he caught me partially with my mouth open, because I was just saying something to Heather Leggenkamp. And she was leaning in close, and her eyes were closed in a full blink. That's funny. I'm like, so our picture is just completely fucked up. I'm like... Well, I guess that makes it unique. Uh, someone made a comment that she was fighting off Freddy in her, her dreams for me while we were taking the pick. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do that. Was uh, Daniel Harris was kind of rude to us, sort of. Actually. She was like not rude to me, but she was standoffish. Like we, tr- we, you know, Zach got an autograph with her, and her and and he and Cassandra got a picture with her. And then I wanted to talk to her a little bit, and she just kind of ducked under the table. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, actually ducked under the table. What the hell? She made it look like she was looking for something, and then she just, like, went down there and didn't come back up. So. What the fuck? We just kind of turned away and walked away. Wow. Yeah, because uh, when I was up there, like, she just has resting bitch face. Like, because she just looks like she's angry all the time, it seems right. like. But, like, when I came up there, she put on her smile, probably fake smile, you know, because she just didn't seem like she wanted to be there. Like, I think just, like, her uh, handler or whatever they're called right. was probably pushing her to do this or something. But I don't know why anyone would not want to walk around or, like, walk out of a weekend with a garbage bag full of $20 bills, you know? Right. I mean, I can understand the craziness of some fans and just kind of weirdness. It could probably put you off to it, but... Probably deal with some weirdos, especially if you're a hot chick. Yeah, I mean, was Adrian King, you know, with her stalker story after right. Friday the 13th? Like, there's been plenty of them that get just weird stalkers after them, unfortunately. Malcolm but, McDowell was cool. Yeah, he 
I think he appreciated the fact I picked the 8x10 cat's eye, just went for something different. He, yeah. uh, he, he stood between Zach and I to take the picture, and he's like, you're a couple of big boys, aren't you? <laughs> nice. Like, yes, Malcolm, we're large men. And I meant to say cat people, not cat's eye. Right. <laughs> just clarify. <laughs> I um, mentioned to him that I loved his episode of South Park. He was like, oh, nobody ever talks about that. I f- sometimes I forget that I did that. That was the one Pip story? Yeah, the Pip episode. Yeah, that's right. Hello, I'm a British person. <laughs> that's a good one. That is great. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mentioned that to him and that I liked his episode of Tales from the Crypt. And that I thought he was funny in that. Yeah, he was good in Tales from the Crypt. Um, yeah, I ended up having a really cool conversation about Critters with uh, D. Wallace. Oh, that's awesome. I never... I like, she's been there a couple years and I just never got her autograph just because I... Usually wasn't going for the celebrities at that time because right. I didn't have much cash. But this year I was like, screw it. And I pretty much hit up almost all the celebrities I wanted to meet like before the convention even was fully open. And yeah, she seen that I grabbed the 8x10 with her and the crate. And she's like, oh, a Critters fan. I'm like, yeah, it's one of my favorite little monster movies right next, right up there with Gremlin for me. It's funny that she was the mom and fucking just everything. Yeah. Like- Last House, on, or not, I mean, Hills Have Eyes, and E.T., e. and Critters. See, wait, she was in Hills Have Eyes, the mother? I thought she was the daughter. Well, she was the daughter, but she was also the mother, because she had the baby. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> so yeah. she was the daughter-mother. Daughter-mother. <laughs> I didn't talk to her this year. I've talked to her a couple of times, and I don't know. I don't have anything else to talk to her about, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, she's really pleasant, yeah, though. Yeah, she's a really nice lady, for sure. Like, I enjoyed talking to her quite a bit, and I think that's the only one that I actually, well, besides Victoria Price, was the only two I really talked to, talked to. Sid Haig was there, as usual. Yeah, I, he's looking not pretty looking damn so old. Good. Yep. And I'm, I'm not sure how big of a part he has, but he's supposed to be in that Three from Hell Rob Zombie film coming up. I have, I don't even care. I'm not. I'm curious about it. I don't it, think I'm going to watch it. I, guess I still haven't seen 31, and yeah, I, don't I don't think, think I'm going to. I don't think you'd like that one. I I lost interest in it after I seen it in theater. But uh, yeah, I ended up buying all sorts of cool shit from this convention. That's like the best thing about it is going there and just finding these craftsmen that do their own unique takes on horror icons or just yeah, horror fan art stuff. rules. Yeah, like I ended up getting this hand carved uh, Jason Voorhees statue that was. Really freaking cool. Yeah, that guy's stuff is awesome. All of his all of his statues are really cool. That clay guy always has cool stuff. I got a street trash figure from him this year. Uh, yeah, that's right, you did. I, I, was, I was looking at the Leslie Vernon one, because I know you hate it, but... <laughs> I wanted to get more from him. I had intended to get more from him, but I only got the one this year. Yeah, I wanted to... And- not by the time I came back, I had already spent my money. I intended to not get any posters because I'm pretty maxed out on wall space, but I saw all these Godzilla posters. and Yeah, you, you have to have it then. Yeah. And I, at first, I was trying to avoid buying more posters as well because I'm like, I have too much. But then, yeah, now that I'm deciding to spread it out more, I should be cool. Should have plenty of space now. But yeah, I, like my typical tradition, I ended up getting... Uh, Pretty drunk pretty early on, just stumbling <laughs> around and having fun. Um, I got to meet up with my buddy uh, Adam Thomas that I've been talking to on Facebook for a long time now. He was from uh, 
gruesome magazine and uh he was the occasional guest on horror news radio podcast and so we got to meet up and have a drink and just kind of hang out for a little while before you guys got there real cool to finally meet him in person like we've played friday the 13th quite a few times and to answer your question too adam yes i do have a new mic you can fuck right off but anyways (laughs) uh also met a fellow writer from pophorror.com there uh stacy marie she was really cool apparently got a hotel like nearby and like uh went to the whole entire convention for the whole weekend Hmm, went to all the panels and stuff like that which is something i always tend to miss out on as the panels i get too distracted i've never indulged in that i want to check it out or the independent films or anything like that i mostly just walk around and look at the wares and talk to celebrities and yeah because like I get there and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I'm just having so much fun just wandering around the place that I just don't think about it. But I'm thinking if I ever did like the full weekend after being there three days, you'd have seen everything you needed to see. So you could do those panels and stuff like that, too, probably. I kind of regret not attending Udo Kier's panel. I hear he's a riot. Oh, that would have been interesting. Like just the brief conversation that I had with him was very funny. So I bet right. he was incredibly entertaining. And it's. Crazy, because he's, what, 70 years old? Something like that. He doesn't even look that old. No, not especially. Like, he's very soft-spoken, though. I noticed that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun this year, and we'll be definitely going again next year, and probably the year after. I don't know if I'm going to go back next year. Why? Uh, It was uncomfortably crowded. It gets bigger every year as far as attendance goes, but they're not getting a bigger venue. They keep doing it at that Sheraton. Which is nice, but yeah, like I do agree, it is like starting to get crowded. I don't think it's nice. I wish they would move to the G- Gibraltar Trade Center or something comparable, like wherever they do the horror con or the Comic Con would be perfect. It's just a giant it's warehouse. That's like, yeah, like an empty Sam's Club. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't get as popular as that Comic Con because that was even like even with that big enough space, it was still like back to back to back people it was ridiculous that was really full too i don't think that a horror con would draw as many people as a comic con though no but yeah i do agree they do need to move the venue i mean i'll still go because i still have a blast and like that's why i like to step outside and smoke every so often just kind of get away from the crowd a little bit every here and every once in a while it was pretty frustrating a lot of the day saturday sunday wasn't as bad but saturday there were a lot of times where I would be sandwiched between people on all sides and just couldn't move at all. And, like, I don't like that sensation. If I were at a concert, I would just barrel through people to go where the fuck I want. But right. I'm in this situation where I have to be, like, civilized. So. Yeah, because there's kids around and stuff. Yeah, and... I can't just go trampling people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, like, it's starting to get more crowded. So I'm hoping that they take the complaints that people have been making and... Find a new spot, because ha- I've been seeing a lot of complaints about that right after this convention on their Facebook page. So hopefully, like, that will, they'll expand, either continue using the Sheridan, but, like, move the actors into the celebrity guests into a different room of their own or something, maybe, right. and just do something different. Like, just something to kind of clear the area out a little bit more and space it better. But, like, other than that, I, it's still so much fun, and I spend way too much damn money. Yeah, I spent, like... Five hundred dollars. Yeah, I was close to that myself. Between the two days, <laughs> I feel kind of stupid saying that out loud. Eh, I I saved up for it, so I was like, you know, me what? too. It wasn't just like, oh, there goes my whole paycheck. It was right. like I had been saving for a while. Yeah, because I was working extra at my second some job. Of my tax returns and you know, 
money that I get from selling people drugs. I don't know if you should be saying that out loud on the air. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I sell drugs, bitch. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. Just yeah, we'll cut that out. Nobody will forget that. We're giving Tim a test here to see if he can pay attention to the full thing and edit. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for tonight. I mean, uh, we're going to be trying to do this bi-weekly. That's the goal. Yeah, and uh, we do have a Facebook group, so come check us out. We're at the podcast by the cemetery. Uh, I'm going to have try to get people to like actually participate. Cause I want them to like, you know, participate in the show and like ask us something or do something like that. I put out a question just a couple days ago, but only ended up getting like one response. And I had already responded by earlier with Adam talking about my new mic, ah. but uh, it would be fun to make it a little bit more interactive. Yeah. And I'm trying to be more active on there as well, just to keep people to like see the page. Cause I know that's kind of what you got to do with Facebook. Because they're weird algorithms, but uh, we'll spread out to other social media. We're gonna have an Instagram and a Twitter and all that shit. Right. So I might do Twitter. We'll see. But I'll definitely get an email for us because Twitter, I just don't like it. But I might try it again. Um, but yeah. So next episode, we are going to do a drug theme. I am gonna uh, we're gonna review two different drug themed movies. The one I'm gonna choose is a uh, 420 Massacre. Figure I got a screener for that, uh, so I want to watch it and like give our thoughts on it. I'm going to be covering David Cronenberg's 1990 adaptation of William S. Burroughs' novel Naked Lunch, starring Peter Weller. Should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that one out because that was on my list when we were uh, like just talking about Lynch films one time and just Cronenberg. Or Cronenberg sorry. Yeah, because we yeah it was the Cronenberg uh, episode we yeah. were going to do. I wanted to watch it but never got around to it. It's pretty high up on my Cronenberg list. I like it a bunch. A lot of people argue that it's not horror, but once you watch it, I think you'll realize that it's at least horror enough to be considered partially horror. Right. The theme alone, or the synopsis alone, just sounded weird as hell, so I'm like, all right, I'm intrigued. All right, so we'll see you next time, and last one out closes the coffin door. See ya. See ya.